Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me Shane Todd. First things first, I've either done my back in or put my back out depending on what you, which of those you prefer. I think I've done my back in on this occasion. Yeah, I hurt myself today. I was, oh, Jesus Christ. I was lift. there'll be a lot of these noises in the podcast today. Like that, you know. Um, yeah, I've done my back in. I was picking up the baby. I did it at a weird angle, and I've hurt myself. And can I be honest? I resent the child for it. You know, I looked at him and said, "Why are you so heavy?" You know, um, yeah, I've done my back in. I've hurt myself. A lot of guys probably wouldn't have come down to do, to do the podcast today, but we soldiered. We soldiered on. I say soldiered on. Thirty-five seconds ago, I demanded that Mike plug my charger in for me because I couldn't bend down. But we're here, I'm hot because I've got a hot water bottle on my back and it's doing a good job but also it's making me very warm in the face as well. I'm uncomfortable but we're going to do the episode and we're going to have a nice time. It's a bit like you know whenever your family took you on local holidays when the weather was so bad during the summer. You know everything's going against me but I'm going to force us to have a good time. Mike had his vaccine today. I was going to say can I say that but why would you why would you need that to be a secret? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty sketchy about like filming and photography at the SSC. It's like respects people's privacy, but it's the same with everywhere. You've but just you just outed me. Yeah, but do you think that's weird? Because you're thinking, well, who would need to hide that they were having it done? No, no, I'll tell the world. Like, yeah, you. What did you get? Astrazen. Astra. Pfizer. Astrazen. Oxford. Well, Oxford. Astrazeneca. What do you mean? It, you got two different ones? No, the AstraZeneca is, the full title is Oxford AstraZeneca. Oh, I thought Oxford was a separate one. So did I. This is awkward. Uh, I, think Dan, I think Dan's got a dodgy one. Oh, no. Dan won't be here next week. <laughs> I'll be in a full corset from my back, and Dan will just no longer be with us. I'm only joking. Like, you know, Joe Rogan got in so much trouble on his podcast because he told people, the probably young people probably shouldn't take up the option for the vaccine. And I don't want to get any in trouble myself because we both have large listenerships. You know, me and Joe Rogan, you know, similar type listenerships. I don't want to lose sponsors. But yeah, I'm double jabbed. Have you had your second? No, not yet. You haven't had your second? Oh. The guy who did dance is just a friend of his dad's. It's just his dad's mate who's also a butcher. <laughs> Uh, it hurts when I laugh. Um, look, we'll get cracking into this episode. It's a solo episode, but we got some sponsors, including a new sponsor. Oh, Praxis Care. Now, I like Praxis because Praxis sounds like, you know, somebody that would be in, like, remember the film Triple X with Vin Diesel? Praxis sounds like would be his enemy. You know, Praxis, or he sounds like somebody who could be in the Avengers, but Praxis Care couldn't be different. Praxis Care has quietly become the largest charity in Northern Ireland, and I like the way they're going about that as well. You know, they're not going around being like, oi, oi, we're becoming the biggest. They're quietly going about it with a bit of respect. They provide health and social care services. Been doing it for 40 years. Man and boy, you know, they didn't just wake up and decide that we're going to do this. And guys, Make no mistake when I tell you they're actively recruiting in the arts area. And that is the difference between me and Joe Rogan. 
you know? <laughs> because Joe Rogan does worldwide, nationwide marketing appeals. We're talking specifically in the Ards area. You don't have to be from Ards, but they're actively recruiting in the Ards area. Actively. You know what I mean? They're not being lazy about it. They're not, you know, maybe a will. They're, they're saying, listen, we're recruiting people in Ards. They're growing on the island of Ireland, England, and the Isle of Man, supporting individuals with mental ill health, learning disabilities, dementia, autism, and they need staff to support their expanding services. Uh, many of the roles don't require any experience in this field. A lot of their staff are former hospitality, building, retail, security employees looking for a change. Look, we all like a change. My back was fine and my life was good and then I hurt my back and now I despise my life. You know, I could, I, I could make a lot of rash decisions in the form that I'm feeling right now. But one decision I would make is anyone who, who is looking for a job in the arts area, I'd say go to Praxis Care. Um, the comp they've got compensation and benefits. There are part-time, full-time roles available. And if you're a caring person looking for a fulfilling and stable career, you should check them out at praxiscare.org. Praxiscare.org. Thanks very much to Praxis, who are coming on board as a new sponsor. We love that. But we can't neglect our other sponsor, which is Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Listen, me, Dan, and Mike may have had three very different vaccines. You know, I've got the one that, you know, will be good. Um, Mike's one, you know, okay. And Dan is at more risk now than he was. <laughs> I'm only joking, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm saying that like I'm going to get in trouble for it, like as if the Belfast Telegraph were going to be like, Todd's, you know, he's, he's, he's not sure about the Oxford vaccine. I don't know what any of them are. I just know that I got to get a day out to go and get it. But manscaped.com, although we, although we have different vaccines, we have one thing in common. Me and these two guys I'm looking at right now, and they're showing me, what we have in common, and that is their pubic area. We have three well-maintained landscaped pubic regions, and that's because we use Manscaped products. Manscaped.com, you can see it behind me. I normally get it and show you, but I've hurt my back. I don't know if I mentioned it, but they do everything that your balls need. If you're not thinking about your balls, we are. You know, and we want you to look good, especially coming into the good weather, the summer. You know, during the winter, some people do like to keep an extra layer on. I can't hate on that, but Manscaped. By the way, my dad said to me a couple of days ago, he goes, do you actually do the ball shaving? And I said, yes. Do you want to see? And he's like, no. But yeah, he couldn't believe it. I said, yeah, it's, it's more of a modern thing. And I said, what do you... I shouldn't say that. I said, what do you use, like, use scissors or something? And my dad was like, no. <laughs> so if you if you want your dad to be a little bit more trim in that area, go to manscaped.com, use our code T with me for 20% off and free shipping. What I recommend is you get yourself a bundle with the lawnmower 3.0, which is obviously better than 2.0, the 1.0 and the 0. Uh, you get that, it's got a light on it, you can use it in the shower, you can... Do whatever you want with it. You can just drive around, show people it. But they've got ball deodorant, ball wipes, ball toner. I mean, just sort your dad out, sort yourself out. Manscaped.com, use the code tea with me for 20% off and free shipping. There we go. Let's get into the podcast, guys. There is nothing worse than hurting your back. There's not, well, your neck is worse, but putting your back out 
is one of the most frustrating things. Like, I, I was so worried that my son wouldn't respect me as much because, I first of all, I made, like, a noise when I did it. I went, oh, daddy's hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I started crying. I said, oh, daddy's hurt himself. And, uh, and yeah, he just, he saw me in that vulnerable, weak moment of sort of sitting in a position on the sofa where I was trying to, trying to get my posture good, but there's really nothing you can do about it. I got a hot water bottle on my back, it's making me sweat. Can we see it? Yeah, you can't see it. Uh, this is my hot water bottle, and it says, everything's better in pajamas. Everything's better in pajamas. And that statement may not be true. I, I need to take a hot water bottle away and get warm and flustered and like confused about a lot of things, sexuality, age, all that kind of thing. But look, everything's opened up, we're back out again, and I did something, I nearly did something a couple of days ago, in fact it was yesterday, I was in Victoria Square in Belfast because you can, you know what I mean, I was out with the baby and I thought, what would we like to do, let's go and do a bit of shopping, he's never really been around like a shopping centre in Belfast or anything like that, so me and the baby went out, and guys... There's no way really around saying this. I nearly bought a leather backpack for how much money? Let me ask Dan and Mike. I was on my way to the till with it and then had a real moment of clarity where I went, I should not do this. Any takers? Just a back, just a regular rucksack. I don't even know if it was leather. It may well have been faux leather. The entire thing was leather? Yeah. What shop? It was, it used to be House of Fraser, what's it called now? Flannels or something? Which sounds like what it wouldn't be called, but it actually is that, I think. <laughs> Flannels. 150. Mike? I was thinking lower, but now Dan's put the heebie-jeebies up me. Uh, I'll go 155. Yeah, 140 quid, it's right ballpark. <laughs> And then I, I was on my way to the till and then I, I was I, I caught myself in a reflection when I was passing like, I don't know, you know, the Maybelline counter. And I thought, who who am I? Who is this guy that would do that? Like, I'm not a I'm not a baller. You know, and all of a sudden I then thought, How odd also would I look beating about with a leather backpack on? Like, I don't live in Milan, I'm not a social media influencer from LA, I'm just a guy from Hollywood. And then I remembered, you can just get like, you know, a Puma backpack for like 20 quid, you know, and it's better than having a leather backpack because I think a leather backpack like looks cool. But then again, think of the practicalities of beating about with that during the summer. You know, you set it down for a second, you get yourself a souffle, you go to move on somewhere else. And all of a sudden you got to put that warm black leather backpack against your skin you're going to have a moment where you also go, Ugh. 140 quid. If you spend something like that amount of money on an item, you use it all the time. So like, would it never be off your back? I've never spent 140 pound on an item before. Well, not like, not like a clothing type thing. Ah, okay, I have, but. What but was like, it? Not a lot. A, a barber jacket, probably the closest to that. But did you buy that in the end? 
Yeah. We talked about I that. didn't buy that one. I just bought a jacket off a barber. I just... I just brought a bought a parka off Gary the barber in Hollywood. <laughs> I bought a cagoule off the Turkish barbers down the street. Uh, Do you know what brand it was? The one I was going to buy. Yeah. It might have been Tommy Hilfiger. I've seen a Tommy one there. Are you on Flannel's website? I'm on flannels.com. You going to buy me it? Uh, <laughs> new patrons. I just thought. I just thought about the other things you could buy with that and then I thought why like that's not a sensible purchase and I think you should definitely do like treat yourself purchases but a rucksack like a bag it's on offer now 85 quid bargain put it in my basket I've hurt my back I deserve this (laughs) silence of the land that's what I said when I (laughs) that's what I said when I hurt my back to my son this word oh daddy's hurt I need a backpack <laughs> yeah no seriously buy me that as a gift for friendship it'll make me feel better <laughs> I don't know I, th- I think being back out and like going around shops and stuff I'd be way more liable to buy silly things and do things but that's stupid logic because you've obviously all saved so much money in the last year you know from not going out and having meals or whatever that almost the excitement of doing it again nearly cancels out the year of saving like I nearly blew out a year of not buying lunches by just having like a leather backpack on then definitely if I had a leather backpack in Northern Ireland you'd be known as the guy with the leather backpack you know like it's not a common like if you travel you can definitely have that but then that would just be it would just be a very odd look then if I like leather backpacks who's to say I don't buy myself you know a pair of leather socks and then next thing I'm I'm head to toe zipped up (laughs) PVC Mike buy me a PVC backpack that's like a time in London I was on the tube and saw a guy in a PVC see through jacket and he was wearing a t-shirt underneath and it was like you could just see the t-shirt and it was a PVC jacket I mean genuinely if I passed one of flannels I'd have bought it I just feel like in the mood to buy weird purchases and I think a lot of it is because my circumcision's coming up I mean, hopefully it won't, that, it's just a side effect, but, um, yeah, I mean, people heard me talking about this on the podcast a while ago, that I was getting a circumcision, and I really built it up, and I talked a lot about it, and then I started getting genuine messages from people being like, good luck, mate, and stuff, and hope your recovery's going well. I don't know if I told this story, but basically, there's an isolation period before the circumcision, and I didn't really know that. So I get to the place where I'm getting the circumcision and they take me, you're wearing a mask and obviously like my, obviously mine's PVC. Uh, <laughs> I wear a full face mask and, uh, you know, I get in to the, you know, it's private hospital, right? And you go in. Uh, otherwise, by the way, I'd be waiting, just to justify that, I'd be waiting f- apparently like three, four years if I didn't. And there is no operation that you could you can really wait three or four years for. You know what I mean? Like, waiting lists are so bad, but, like, why are they doing that? They're like, listen, you need a hernia done. You need a hernia operation. Come back in 2037, and we'll sort you out. So I just basically said, like, I need this taken care of. Um, so, yeah, I go to my circumcision. Got a COVID test the day before. Fine. Get there robe up they gave me a robe and they were like will you put this on i said yes i'm in my robe then a nice lady came around and said 
we're doing dinner in about half an hour so we could bring your food when you're up getting your procedure then you can eat it after um she said do you have any dietary requirements and i said sit down for 45 minutes while i explain to you what my dietary requirements are and she said uh, okay and then eventually she's like i'll do a vegetable soup some gluten-free bread and a tea and i said brilliant and then the nurse came in and went, can I just clarify how many days you've been isolating for? And I said, well, I haven't. I haven't. And she went, right, you're supposed to isolate for seven days. I said, I didn't know that. And it's not on any of my forms or sheets that I was given. And she said, okay, I'm so sorry about that. And then she left the room to get the consultant. And I realized that, it, you know, people go, it's there in black and white. It was there in black and white and red, you know, to make it stand out more. But I just didn't realize. So they were like, you know, you're going to have to come go home and come back another time in the meantime my vegetable soup and tea arrived and I was still in the robe so I just sat down in my robe and had like you know my vegetable soup and tea and I really took my time with it because I was like well I've, I've taken the evening off I've got nowhere else to be and after about 20 minutes I should have got changed out of the robe right and put my normal clothes on but I was like well I don't think they'll be needing this room for another couple of hours so I just stayed in the robe I'm texting people about the procedure and I was just having my vegetable soup. And then a different nurse came in and went, oh, are you back from theatre already? And I said, I'm not getting anything done. I just continued to eat my soup. And she went, what? And I said, yeah. What I should have said was, oh, I didn't know about the isolation thing, so I am going to go home. But I'm, I'm just I'm out of politeness. I'm going to finish my soup. But I just stayed steadfast and kept it in my gluten-free bread and going, I'm not getting anything done today. So to the untrained eye, people are like, how much of a baller is local comedian Shane Todd that he's booking himself in for very expensive surgeries just for the soup? I was robed up to just eat the vegetable soup. Are you, are you getting, uh, you're getting circumcised, is that right? Nope, not today. <laughs> not today. So uh, so then I just had to go home after like half an hour. So basically what I'm saying is next week I'm gonna get, I'm getting circumcised. And it's become a big thing. Like people come up and ask me about it all the time. People are like, I got circumcised, me, it's not too bad. I've got a friend called Steve who's who's been circumcised because of his religion and he sent me a text and said, uh, I he I heard you're getting circumcised and we were chatting about it and I said, uh, you know, will you guys welcome me into the club after this? And he goes, Yeah. You you can be an honorary member, so Mazel Tov, I'm in. I actually, I actually didn't not know that you're not Jewish after you get circumcised. You know, by default, I thought that was that would just be a thing, but apparently, it's it's not. Um, so I'm getting it done. I'm getting it done, and I kind of feel bad for my foreskin because I think, in a way, it had psyched itself up to be removed. And now it's like a stay of execution, but it can't be comfortable because it must know that the circumcision's coming up. And we are definitely open for, um, you know, things to do with the, the foreskin once it has been removed. So if you have like a local youth group or charity or whatever, and you guys want to maybe auction that off for a minibus or whatever you're trying to do, I shouldn't have said youth charity, okay? And I'm trying... <laughs> Yes, I'm trying to give pieces of my penis away. And should not say youth charity. If you have an elderly, if you look after elderly people, 
and you think that we could raffle this off and make, you know, 10, 12 grand, I will buy a rucksack with that and then we give the remainder of the money to your group who and you can buy fucking, you know, blankets or, or yeah, mini bus or whatever you need. Or alternatively, if you're just a collector, you know, and you just want to add one to your collection, I'm fine with that. And there will be people who go, oh, you're a force, it won't take long to, co-, you know. It, that's the problem. It is, uh, is and then at the minute, it is an enlarged force. And not to a weird level. Like, genuinely, if I was in a sauna, nude, right, like a Turkish sauna, naked, and you came in, you would not think, and you had a glance, which you're gonna, you know what I mean, you're gonna do, you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think, to the untrained eye, there's no problem, but to me, there's an issue, and we're taking care of it, so all I'm saying is, if they, if there's a problem this time, as long as there's vegetable soup, I'm alright, and I might genuinely just keep going to the private hospital every week, let on I'm having surgeries, and just get the soup, isn't that always the best food, when you're getting something done and they bring you, like, I don't know if you've ever had operations, but they bring you tea and toast after it. It's always, like, the nicest tea and toast or 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 tea, you know, just a cup of tea. It's always nice. Have you, have either of you ever had surgery? Yeah, yep. I dislocated my shoulder, so I had that. How'd you dislocate your shoulder? Uh, playing football. <laughs> Which you typically play with your feet. <laughs> Okay, and you so you got your shoulder pop back into place. Yeah, pop back into place at the time, but then I had to go and get the rotator cuff. D- did they put you under for that? Yeah, nerd, Mike. Got my tonsils out, so the tea and toast wasn't really that pleasant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your tonsils. Little shards of crusty bread, jelly and ice cream, isn't it? Under my throat. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. No, no, it was fine. They do actually encourage you to eat like normal stuff. Yeah, normal stuff. Here's one. I got my adenoids taken out whenever I was about 14 and it made no difference to my life. Where are they? They're in your nose and I was having problems breathing through my nose and then they took my adenoids out and I felt no different after it. So I don't know. That's like my appendix. Like I got my appendix taken out because they thought that's what my Crohn's was, that my appendix were going to burst and then they removed them and then a couple of weeks later we're like, yeah, you have Crohn's. We didn't need to remove your appendix. It's like, oh, why'd you do it though? You know, annoying to get your appendix taken out when you don't need them. But yeah, we're going to bundle up my appendix on my foreskin and we're going to send it to the most worthwhile cause. Whatever people need, we'll do it. Or even if, I mean, I'm trying to think what other uses you could have for it. If you want to wear it as a, you know, a bracelet or a, or a necklace, we could probably facilitate that. Could genuinely, right? Serious question. If I'm allowed to take it with me, if I'm allowed to take my foreskin with me, right? If the doctor's like, you can just have it, can we? Should we put it up? A little display case. Not a little display case. Inside the O of Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, we stretch it out. Nail it on. Genuinely, a serious question. If I'm allowed to keep my foreskin, do we put it in some sort of display case behind me? Or Dan, from a management point of view, would that put sponsors off? Yeah, I prefer not to be associated with that fair what will it look will it look like pickled I think so you know like a shrunken head yeah I think it would look like a monster munch but without the <laughs> jaggedy bits I think it would look like you know the onion ring crisps I think it would look like an onion ring 
<laughs> I mean, that, that's definitely me flattering myself. I think in, rea- <laughs> I think in reality... You did it, say there's a lot of it. Like. Yeah, but I don't know. Here's Also, that's one of those ones where, you know, when you have like that nervous adrenaline, as in, as in like especially before gigs, there's a phenomenon known as comedian's willy, which, you know, is like before you go on stage essentially your penis gets a little bit smaller because you're all nervous and all, right? It is a genuine, like, it's a genuine thing. Maybe it's just me and Mickey Bartlett that do it, but we definitely both do it. So, because I get nervous when I go to see the consultant, you want to be looking your best. So what I'm saying is, it might not be best for display case at that time, you know what I mean, At, at that time, unless I can... I don't know, we'll see. Uh, Line of Duty, so... (laughs) Line of Duty, finale, people giving off, saying it was the worst TV ending of all time. It was the worst way to end the series. And it's either two things. It's either we as viewers are totally spoiled and just demand things our own way, and when it doesn't play out the way we want to, we just give off. It's either that or it genuinely was shit. It's one of those things. My opinion on the end of Line of Duty has changed over time, weirdly. We're at the time. Here's the thing. All season finales of TV shows now are like trailers for the next series. They just, all they're, all they're there to do is set up the next series. And I don't know if that's because nowadays you sign up to like a, six series deal so of course you got to tease out the next series was it back in the day you weren't sure about getting a new series even the big shows so they did something that would like give you like a, oh yes where it feels like all these are like it's like going for a circumcision but not being able to get it you know you're there you got the robe on you're chugging your vegetable soup and they're like sorry you're gonna have to come back another time it is literally a cock tease i i I hated the ending at the time because I thought you're going to find out who the fourth man is, who, who H is. But then, of course, that wasn't going to happen. So then I thought about I was disappointed. And then about three, four days later, I thought about the ending. And by the way, Adrian Dunbar's acting at the end of that was 10 out of 10. But that scene where he walks back and like reports himself for for misconduct. It was only a couple of days later where I went, oh, that is the best ending because that is someone who did the right thing. You know, it was like a real personal, con- like emotional conflict for him. And he just, he stood over what he's all about. And that that like, that got me a couple of days later. So I actually think the ending was good. And also, things can't just end the way you want them. TV series, TV shows. It, it's not like that. Like, sorry, but like the ending for the... It was a cruel ending because they basically say at the end of it, you know, uh, like police uh, wrongdoing and stuff. Is that corruption? Is that its worst ever? It's, sometimes that's a way... Like, did people genuinely think it was gonna, they were going to go... Look, Jimmy Nesbitt is the fourth man. And then Jimmy Nesbitt was going to pop up and go, yeah, card from him on the jackal. You know, like he did at the boxing match at Manchester. It was never going to happen like that. 
So the more I thought about it, the more I went, I like the ending because it's about people standing over their convictions and doing the right thing. And I've got theories on it. I don't... Because they said it's the, the, that guy Buckles, right? And it isn't that, that it, it isn't him. It, there's no way it can be him. So I, with hindsight, enjoyed the ending. Now, is it a little bit bittersweet for me? Because did I, do I love Line of Duty and did I audition for Line of Duty? Yes. And did they phone up an age? Do you not know this? Which part? <laughs> Kate. Kate Fleming. <laughs> no, I... Uh, about two, I love Line of Duty, right? About two years ago, I got a phone call from my agent who said, do you want to audition for Line of Duty? I said, yes, 100%, I would love to. Uh, I got sent my slides, so like my script, and you film yourself, and then you send it off to them. And I got my friend who I think is like the best actor in Ireland, Martin McCann, to sit down with me and almost coach me through it because it was a Birmingham accent. Right? It, wasn't, it wasn't like a big role, it was like a one-off role. It was playing uh, a policewoman's husband. Do you remember there was a character and she... Fuck, I can't even remember her name. But she like got into bother and was injured. And the organised crime gang were trying to kill her. And she had police outside her door. I think it was like two series ago. Anyway, I was playing her husband. Uh, so Marty coaches me through the script. I get the accent, like, bang on, like, the Birmingham accent, and we film it, send it off, and for the first time, I feel good about an audition. I go, I have a good chance of getting this. Like, that was bang on. Get a phone call. Three days later, I'm walking through Hollywood High Street. I'm outside Cafe Nero, about to do the Boy Town podcast with Dave. My agent phoned me and goes, line of duty, you've got it. I said, oh my God. He goes, yep, you're in the show. I said, thanks so much. I hang up. Dave was in Cafe Nero at the time ordering. I walked in. I said, mate, I've got the part. I'm going to be in line of duty. Dave goes, that's brilliant news. Give me a hug. I landed like the first audition that I go for. We have a nice embrace. I go to phone like my wife and then my parents to tell them about it. I get a phone call from my agent again. I answer by going... Yeah, yeah, you're gonna tell me now they've t- they've got they've not given me the part. He goes, yeah, slight issue. He's like, I'm so sorry, and like I've never heard anyone be more apologetic, but it in no way was his fault. He said the casting director phoned the agent of the wrong Shane. They gave it to another guy called Shane, who's an actor, but they phoned my agent by mistake because they just went phone Shane's agent. So I had the role in my head for like four minutes. And in that time, I changed. You know what I mean? I was like, Dave, we can't be friends anymore. I'm in line of duty. I started to like hold myself in a higher regard. Uh, and I just started laughing. I started laughing and saying, this is just funny to me. Because you can go two ways. You could be upset about it. or you could... it, it wasn't long. If it was like two days of me thinking that, then it would have been so much worse. But it was just such a quick thing. I was like, I've got to look at the funny side of that. And they gave it to an actor called uh, Shane. I can't think of a surname off the top of my head. He's from Armagh. And uh, I thought thought it was funny and since then have just planned his demise. I've just planned it. Dan, are you looking him up? Yeah, having a quick search. Line of Duty actor Shane. Or maybe be like Belfast actor Shane. 
Shane Morgan. Shane Morgan. Yep. Shane Morgan. He got the role. Um, and when I looked at it, I was like, to be fair, he looks like the husband of a policewoman. And she was a little bit older than me. So I think if I had played the role, there would have been too many questions. Like, why is she going out with this 17-year-old guy doing a Birmingham, doing a Birmingham accent like this? All right. <laughs> All right. Are you looking for my wife? <laughs> me looking at the camera the whole time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm a lord of Chutai. Uh Yeah, but, I, you know, I didn't get the role. He got it. He can go fuck himself. Uh, and the producers, everybody, um, is now my sworn enemy. No, I, I, I didn't care at all, but I cared. So I've just been um, Vicky McClure's stunt double for the last two series, which has been good. Now I'm only joking. I am, I am in line of duty. I just, I do the noise for the tapes. You know, when they hit record at the start, that's me. Beep. Mike, you did you film line of duty? You work on it. Did a camera trainee for a week this season. <clears throat> this did you see stuff that would have been spoiler? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'll say about you? Mm-hmm. As a about your character as a person, Thanks. you didn't divulge any of that. No, to me. No, and for that reason, get out, <laughs> get out right now. But that seriously, I mean, that is good about the film industry and the TV industry and people like you because let's not let's not lie here if I was an extra on any show for a day for one scene like Dan's nodding you know everybody would know like if I was in the background in Game of Thrones and I saw how it ended I would immediately do an Instagram live of like can't say too much guys but let's just let's just say Jon Snow and then I would just go, I would start reading from the script. But did you have to, on my back, oh Jesus, mummy's, mummy's hurt. Did you have to sign anything to say? Yeah, yeah, it's sort of part of your contract, all NDAs and all that. But yeah, no, it's, what, all, it's what, all good, a lot of spoilers. Like, What would happen if you had of told people? I don't know, I guess. Your reputation? It could probably come, come back to you in some way. I'm sure it has happened. I think it happened. Imagine they just It was a big that. deal on like, Season one of Game of Thrones, they had a real problem with all the extras because it was so new. Yeah. And people were just like, ah, fuck, nothing will happen. Yeah. And like they had a real problem with people like just taking photos, extras just taking photos and videos and stuff. And oh, fuck. Then they had to really clamp down on it. Just some guy. Look at this fucking shit. Yeah. This program's not going to last. He dies. She's bucking him. That's his bra. Fucking these two dirty bastards are bucking each other. All right. Just fucking... <laughs> a guy your dad plays five a side with. Here we are on set. They're shooting here. Don't tell me to shoot. Fuck you up. <laughs> oh, I think this is going to be a hit. Fucking Game of Thrones. It's all fucking Skyfy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Skyfy short dude. She's a queen. She's bucking her bra. There's a fucking dragon. Your man there's called Jon Snow. And... Uh, it's not going to last, but there is a lot of ditties. I've seen a lot of ditties on set, so you never know. You never know. Yeah, extras. I was an extra on... I was an extra on an Irish-speaking, uh, an Irish-language soap on BBC called Shacked. And it was just me and, uh, like, a lot of guys I went to tech with just got asked to do it. And let's just say, 
I'm not built to be an extra because you're supposed to blend into the background. I was walking past camera every shot, like always just like, you know, someone talking to me off, just off camera. Like I'm not like, I'm not good at just blending into the background. Uh, yeah, did you see anything that was a spoiler? So like, what did you see basically? Because it's been all night. I saw uh, your man Pilkington driving the car off into the... Ravine, into, into like the, a reservoir? Yeah, it was like a reservoir. Right. Um, I saw um, your woman, Scottish woman, getting locked up. How, how do they stop people that are just in the area? You know what I mean? Like, because didn't they film that yeah. thing Carrick? Yeah, it was like the reservoirs up in Carrick. Well, so that, there's that, probably some if, fella yeah, that was closed snorting off. a pret stick in the woods, so how do they stop? Yeah, no, there were there were just people, like it's a public, public area, so there were people just walking by, but not many, like it was the middle of the night. Oh, folks, here we are, uh, doing Lane of Duty here, it's him that did it, <laughs> him that did it, he dies, this is Barry the Extra, see you later. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't hold my piss, although I know some, like... Some people are brilliant at ho- like hiding and not saying anything, and then some people will tell you. And we have a friend who worked on a who was on a very very big show for a very long time, and he would have told me more if I had let him. But I was always like, "Please don't tell me," because he's like, "You're not going to say it, to anyone. You're in the industry." I was like, "Hey, I'm not really in the industry, and also I will tell everybody I know." But he would have told me stuff. I just couldn't. I couldn't walk around with that. If I have a plan, you can say no, I can't. Yeah. Look, I can't say too much, but let's just say when we're leaving this studio, hold that door. <laughs> I think we talked about it actually on the episode with him. It was Christian Nairn who played Hodor in Game of Thrones. We would meet for regular lunches, and I hope we can again in Union Street in Belfast, and he would go do you want to hear something? And I would say, please don't, because I will just phone the National Enquirer. But I, I can't. Like, if, if I've organised a surprise for someone, I'll tell them what it is before it gets to the time for the surprise, just because I want to see their reaction to it. But yeah, I was an extra on an Irish language thing called Shacked, and uh, I was just so bad at being in the background, because they say, have a conversation, but don't speak out loud. You know, look like you're, say you're in a back, you're in a bar, you know, and there's like, there's always like six tables of two people, but you're talking, but you're not making any noise. You're like, blah, blah, blah. and if I was doing that, I would like to have like a laugh with it. You know, I'd be saying like horrific, you know, I'd be like, so have you read Mein Kampf and all? What do you think? You know, do you think, do you think he was a fucking bad guy? You know, I would do that to a stranger just to fucking fuck with them, put them off. But you get people that do extra work that are so good at it that they don't care. They can just sit and go, and I can't hack that. I'm like, be, stop being weird. And I'm there going, and they're going, uh, yeah. So I don't know what 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 do they do with this um, with the circumcised penis? Like, what do they do with the top bit? Like, do you think I'll get to keep it, or what do you think they do? Do you think they burn them, or do you think they just put them on the end of a long string? Do you, think they put the, do you think the doctor puts them on a long string and then he can just flick through them like a filing cabinet? Or how do you think that works? Shacked. I've been on extra on a couple of things. I was an extra on <clears throat> um, Dave Allen at Peace, it's called, with uh, Aidan Gillen. So yeah. I, I, was th- I was that person in the background. I had a file. I was just standing in like a corridor having to do that fake chat, like on three takes. 
Why were you filming? Were you shooting on it? And then they said jump in. No, I just applied to be an extra just to get on set at the time. Did you? Mm-hmm. And then you try and like get into the camera department. Yeah, well, you well, just I, knew, see... I knew a lot of people that were working on it as well, so I had a chat with them. Like, but I was just in it for the crack. Yeah, I probably couldn't be an extra anymore. My profile. <laughs> you genuinely couldn't because, like, not that en- not that many people would know you, but the one or two that did, it would spoil it if you were watching Line of Duty and you were like, oh, "Why is McGoldrick? <laughs> why, why does McGoldrick do typing in the in the courtroom? You know, just me there looking at the camera the whole time." <laughs> you do yourself <laughs> getting in my goldrick stuff oh, i love it uh yeah but it wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be me being line of duty but let's just say keep your eyes peeled on the next series you might recognize someone who might be might or might not be h <laughs> imagine if i was <laughs> so many people will be annoyed uh look we're gonna do a couple of things here now uh but i just want to say we got a really nice email from through Patreon or just through email? Uh, through email. Just through email from a, a young man called Tim. And uh, Tim, that's a really nice message you sent. Feeling the love. I'm giving it back. There's an environment of love. And the Patreons taking off loads of new Patreons, which we love. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's just a way to get more stuff from the podcast. So we do this on a Wednesday and then on a Monday and Friday we do uh, bonus episodes. So we do a full length on a Monday video version as well. And then on Friday, we do a live stream episode. You can ask questions, you can do all that, but then you can watch it back at any time from the same link. And Dan is poised to say that because I said, I probably not remember that So you said. So he's not got to say it because I've remembered. So uh, the live episodes are always great fun. This week coming on, we've got Cormac McDermott, and another and another tbc to be confirmed guest but uh those are great fun the live episodes they're a lot of fun they're about 45 minutes an hour and they're silly really silly with william and jordan on last week one of the best it was one of the best really really fun just three guys with you know severe health problems just having a laugh you know because what else are we going to do you know, we're having a laugh, a bit like the guys over there with the vaccines. Who knows how long we're going to be around for, so we have to just... Laughter is the best medicine, but unfortunately it isn't, as the three of us, me, William and Jordan, know only too well. Medicine is the best medicine, and we need more of it. <laughs> is it laughter the best medicine? No, it's not. The thing I get through a drip every month is a better medicine than having a laugh. Uh, by the way, someone asked me in a DM, do you really have Crohn's or do you, is it for the banter? I, I should be sent down for war crimes if I was just pretending to have a horrendous disease. Um, but yeah, I don't have it. No, I, of course I haven't. Uh, we were going to do, we might roll that on to next week, the Turkish Bab thing. We did it next week uh, because that is very funny and that got sent to us through the Patreon. Oh yeah, the Patreon is this, right? And I know this has been a weird rambly episode, but my back was too warm and then my back was sore and then I got too warm and I thought I was going to pass out and, you know, Dan's had a real cheap vaccine so we're going to have to replace the producer from next week. Uh, and and look, uh, but don't be listening and going, I've had the Oxford one, mate, and all you trying to say. Look, all I will say is 
think about your legacy. Think about what you want to leave behind. I'm only joking, I'm only joking. Uh, but seriously, take care of yourself and just write a list of 10 things you want to do and do them this week. I'm joking. Uh, right, so I'm going to do questions, but the Patreon uh, is patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. There's loads of new people over there. It's a bit of a community and it's a good time to be alive on the Patreon, patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. I've got questions, so let's rifle through some of them. Oh no, I've got a voice message from William Thompson. Right, mate, uh, I'm heading my way up to the office now. Does anyone uh, need anything brought in? Any coffee or anything? Right, William's coming to film a sketch downstairs. Name one thing that's a bit weird that we could get him to bring. Right, and we got to see if he'll do it. This is not obviously set up beforehand. What's something like, I don't want him to really go out of his way, but what's something like a Brillo pad or sellotape? Cling film. Cling <laughs> film. Hi, mate. Happy days. Um, we're just wrapping up the podcast here. Is there any way you could grab us cling film? Um, like, kind of, we're having a bit of an emergency. <laughs> you know what? I back him to come through. He's a solid guy. I back him to come through. Uh, and then what are we going to do with the cling film? Hold on, he's online here. Do you? Well, then you can have it. <laughs> okay, we've got questions. Matthew Mernon, who is a long-time patron, he says, I've rearranged my parole officer visit to allow me to see the Friday Zoom, but if you could issue one pardon to any prisoner in the world, who would it be? Yeah, I mean, the obvious thing would be to someone that's like, you know, in prison in Malaysia or Myanmar. Myanmar, is that the country? Is that what it's called? Yeah, you know, like someone who's just like an activist and they're just there for their beliefs. That would be the right thing to do, but I would probably like, I would release a prisoner who had done something like a wee bit funny. You know what I mean? Like one of those things, like remember Ronnie Biggs, the train robber? <laughs> you know, train robbery, not funny if anyone gets hurt doing it. But, I think they might have killed a couple of people, but... I mean. But funny thing to say, my granddad was a train... You know, I would... I would Somebody like... Somebody that had done a heist. Hold on. When did... Tr oh. um, yeah, yeah, I should be able to grab that. Um, I'll be up in five to ten minutes. So, yeah, no one... Cheers, mate. If, if there's no clink film, um, you know, like uh, kitchen foil... Like a uh, tinfoil would be would be brilliant, mate. It's it's Mike. He's uh, he just he needs it. Go <laughs> Express is a bit of a stroke. Also, by the time he comes, the podcast will be finished. So, no, no, I'll not tell. Anyway, um, yeah, I probably released someone that had done a very ambitious crime, but no one had got hurt. Someone who you know. Some 60-year-old fucking lollipop man who tried to steal a diamond, you know, from a museum. Something like that. Those old boys who tried to break into the London bank. What was that? 100%. A couple of years back. Yeah, and people go, oh, you know, pensioner, once you retire and all, you know, you just settle down and you shouldn't be working and all. There's about 12 pensioners just robbed diamonds. What, Covent Garden, was it? Yeah, I think so. There's a film made about that and Larry Lamb's in it and I think 
it would be worth a watch. Hatton Garden. Hatton Garden. That's right. I think that would be worth a watch. Because I think it would be a terrible film. But yeah, I saw a documentary about how they got into the vault and stuff. Unreal. I think it's great for all the people to have like goals in life. So why not? Exactly. Like what else would they be doing? Playing bowls? Jerry, do you fancy a game of bowls on Saturday? I can't, mate. Me and a load of boys are uh, cutting our way through 20 foot safes to steal diamonds. Okay, fair. You shouldn't go to jail for that. Uh, Matthew Collins, have you ever been to Pause for Tea in Dundrum? Should we facilitate your canine following by hosting an episode there? Uh, Pause for Tea is a cafe, I think, that you, where you can bring your dog. Have I ever been there? No, because I do not have a dog. It'd be weird. It's like you're like encouraged to bring your dog. So I think it'd be weird to go there without a dog, if that makes sense. I only think it would make sense to go there with a dog, even though that's not a rule that you have to bring a dog. But I think if I could choose to be in a cafe with or without dogs, I'd be in a cafe without dogs. As much as I don't mind dogs. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think they shouldn't be there, but you give me the option, I'll say no dogs. Is it weird to turn up to a dog calf without a dog then? Yeah. It's like going to a kid's school sports day and they go, oh, what, what race is your child run? Then you none of them. I'm not sure it's quite as weird as that. It is as weird as that. It is as weird. You got the video camera out. Hey, where's your son or daughter? At home. <laughs> where's your son or daughter? Working. They're 37. Now move. <laughs> I want to get a shot here. Um, should we facilitate my canine following by hosting an, an episode there? Um, no, as well. That's going to be a night. Dan and Michael hate that for sound and stuff. You know, you have dogs running about and that sort of thing. You're not you. You're not a dog guy, right? Oh, your yeah, mum has yeah, a dog. I like dogs. Dan, are you a dog guy? Yeah, some of them are okay. What I do you like? like? I can see you as a guy who likes big dogs. You be don't like wee dogs. No, I don't mind small dogs. I just don't like ones that bark all the time. Have you have, did you have family dogs? Uh, my parents have one now, but they didn't when I was growing up. We didn't have any. Did they sort of get rid of you and then bring the dog in? Yeah, they couldn't have both of us in the house at the same time. Who do you think that, yeah, pissing over everything, eating out of a wee metal bowl on the floor. <laughs> Hump another dog. No, sorry, that's so bad. Uh, but what's a dog called now, and do your parents love it more? She's called Luna. Luna? Yeah. Who do your parents love more? I'd definitely the dog. Luna. Mike, you, do you have a dog growing up? No. Same thing happened with me, though. I moved out. My mum got a dog. And that's now her child. Yeah. What's your mum's dog called? Macy. Lacey? Macy. Macy. Lacey. I kissed a girl called Lacey whenever I was about 13. Kissed a dog? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, no. <laughs> William Palmer. It was in an abandoned warehouse. True story. An abandoned bathroom showroom in East Belfast. Romantic. Very. Candles lit. It was beautiful. Uh, William Palmer says, what's the one cheeky comment on a video or post that's hurt you the most? They all hurt. They all make, genuinely, I will break down into tears at all of them. Um, what What's one that hurt? Probably at the start, when I started putting videos out, you don't understand why people would leave a negative comment. You know, it's a bit like the end of Line of Duty. You're like, why didn't it end? It should all, it should all end the nice way. Someone just gets stabbed. 
Someone just go, oh, really loud? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, basically, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You can't, the world isn't a fairy tale. If you put funny stuff, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you put stuff out that you're like, I think this is funny, here's comedy content. Of course, some people will not find it funny, but I do think it is weird if they leave a comment that isn't funny in itself. And like, so I had a guy, right? Um, and by the way, the thing I get most, I don't get too much hate at all, but the thing that I get most on is when I put up lookalike pictures of myself. Like for some reason, people like will write under the comment like that they, oh, right, okay. So I put one up and it was a football hooligan at Old Trafford. And the guy looks like me. And to be fair, he's at a riot and he's got a bottle of rosé. So kindred spirits. And I put that up. I said, it's hard to argue that it isn't me. I support Man United and we'll absolutely bring a bottle of rosé to a riot. Now, there's nothing in there that I've put that is me sort of like trying to be very funny. You know what I mean? And someone wrote, ha ha ha, outstanding. And then this guy under it writes, and by the way, they always like very much support one of two football teams, these guys. He wrote, no, it's not. That's fucking shit, actually. But, like, it's not shit of me to put up a picture of somebody who looks like me and just, that's it. I mean, it is shit when I frame it like that, but I just find it so weird because this guy, oh, no. Uh, I've seen a photo of this guy. I'm going to send it to Dan and Mike. We're obviously not going to put it up. But just bear in mind that sometimes when I go and look at pictures of this people, I get ready to like clap back and then I go, I know, but look at this person. So look at this guy. Know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So when you look at these people, then you go, ah, okay, there's more going on there. These There's issues here. Uh, but I kind of like... I used to not not I I probably never took it thick because I've always done stand up, and like started doing stand up when I was eighteen. So when you have like a live experience of a heckler, it's obviously a million times worse than a written comment on social media. So it's ne- it's never affected me. But what I have started doing more than I'm like a bit older and a dad is just blocking people, because I just don't need it. You know, I just I, like there's a there's people who clearly like. Want, you see the same people sometimes always commenting and you know that they just want the reaction so they can send it to their WhatsApp group or anything. Like there was a guy, oh my God, he's like six. They're all like really old as well. They're like grandfathers. And there's like a guy and I put something back to him and it was so good. The reply the, the reply got more likes than the thing I'd originally put up. And uh, then the next time I put something up, he tried to be funny again and I just blocked him because I was like, you've tried it, I've mugged you off and you can't just keep doing it. But it's always like, it's always grandfathers. Uh, but the one that I found was just a guy who wrote, not funny, NT. NT, funny, not funny. He didn't. Have, he was so annoyed he didn't have time for the O. I find stuff like that very, very weird. It's, a, it's just like at that, like imagine these guys are like 55 and imagine that's like your granda. Oh, do you call around to the house? Where's granda? He'll be down two seconds. He's upstairs replying to a video that a guy's put up saying not funny. I just, I find it very, very weird. Um, Paul's Taxi's Rath Ryland, which is his real name, says, will Ulster always say no? Uh, 
there's probably more to that that I don't have the time or the knowledge to get into. The Burpees and Banter podcast says, what's the maddest thing you've seen in beer gardens this weekend? I have not been in beer gardens this weekend. I will not be in beer gardens next weekend or maybe ever again. I've retired from socialising. I, I would go to a beer garden if you could guarantee me a load of stuff. There'd be so many caveats. Will I have a seat? Will it be dry? Will the music be like decent but like not too loud? Will the seat be comfortable? Will they have the set specific ciders that I like? And by the time we've answered all those questions, it's not worth it. So I don't really go out. But I do like watching videos, the viral videos of like mad things that happened in beer gardens, but I'm watching from my own sofa with a hot water bottle on my back. Uh, Pierce Toner says, would you love to get your would love to get your views on which version of Uptown Girl is better? Billy Joel or Westlife? Cheers, man. Love the podcast. Love that question. Uh, I think the Westlife version is better because I hadn't heard the Billy Joel version until I heard the Westlife version. Usually, if I'm aware of the cover first, I'll always think the cover is better, but then you hear the new version and go, that's class, and when you hear the cover, it just sounds old. So I think the probably Westlife's better, but I don't hate the Billy Joel version. Uh... Josh sends me a video and says, I don't know if you've seen this. One second. Matthew, Cafe Fish or Boojum? I find my Friday takeout choice the toughest decision of the week. Cafe Fish is just so greasy and good, but Boojum can't really hit the spot. Any input, welcome. Cafe Fish is really good. I've only been there like once or twice. You know, you've been? They've got to sit in on one side of the road, Lisbon Road, take away on the other, I think. Mike, you've been? Really good. Like, fish uppers are class. Uh, or Boojum... Pujum's good too. I don't know. I... I'll go... It depends what mood I'm in. If it's a Friday night, Cafe Fish, lunch, Pujum. Pujum's a lunch thing for me. Uh, Josh sends a video. Oh, God, what is it? Oh, no. Oh, it's Nolan being sick. Yeah. Yeah, it was an old clip from Nolan Live where Nolan is like cleaning out. Uh, we'll not spend too long on this because I can't watch it because he, he's sick. Nolan's clearing out cow shit. And uh, he, 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 I can't watch it, but he bokes. You see, you've ever heard of it? No, never seen it. It's like people use it in clips all the time. But yeah, he was clearing out cow shit and he's like, oh, I don't like it. And then eventually he just does a wee Nolan boke. Uh but yeah, I th- what's my opinion on it? I think that's fantastic and uh, I enjoy it, but I can't watch people be sick or I myself feel sick. Folks, we got the Friday bonus or Friday live episode, live stream episode with Cormac, aka Notorious Barrack Boys. We'll have another guest on or maybe it'll just be Cormac. You can ask questions, you can do all that. Head over to patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. I'm going to fix my back and come back with so much more energy next week. Oh my God, so much. Less of a foreskin, but more energy. You know, what I lose in foreskin, I will make up for in personality. Send, send prayers. One one heart is one prayer. Thanks very much. Any other business I need to mention? No. Okay, we're out of here. See you next week.